Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast and another comms check with me, Chad. Hope you enjoy this one. We're going to go deep. We're going to try to answer some questions here on this podcast. First one being, where did we come from? Next one being, why were we even created? If you believe we were created. Um, And then the third one being, why did we need Jesus? All right. Come at this with an open mind. Again, this is my understanding of these subjects. So, this is for you. First of all, where did we come from? Look, you guys might have seen the post that I just made on Instagram. Where did we come from? I talked about the fact that creation, to me, equals common sense. I posed the question, have you ever seen something come from nothing? The answer is no. And if you have seen that, please tell me where to look because I would like to see an example of something coming from nothing. Look, I can grasp creation. Creation to me makes total sense. I see examples uh, here in this life of, say, an artist creating a beautiful piece of art. All right? I see craftsmen building and shaping master pieces of work, just beautiful things with their hands, creating, right? I see that. I see evidence of creation in the perfection of the universe and the earth. To me, the belief in creation is not hard. It's it's actually really easy for me to believe that we were created. Now, can the thing that is or has been created, can the thing that has been created completely understand the creator? Can that, is that the relationship? The answer is no. People will say, well, if you believe in creation, all that does is pose more questions about the creator. The problem is the thing that has been created cannot understand fully the creator. Or they cannot understand the creator. We cannot. All right? We cannot understand the great I am. When God tried to describe himself to us, he could not even do it. He simply said, I am that I am. That's okay. That's just a reality. All right? But the belief in creation in my mind, equals common sense. That's the easy part. The hard part's coming. If we were created by a master craftsman, a God, a creator that we cannot even grasp in our own minds, we can't even understand him, but he created us. There's a harder question. Why did he create us? Why? Okay? Have you ever thought about that? What is our purpose in life? Why did God create us? Let me ask you something real quick. Let's, okay, bring this back to common sense terms. All right. Do you own dogs? Are you a a dog owner? Or 
a caretaker of dogs, whatever you want to call it. Do you have dogs in your family? If you do, then I believe you can understand why God created us. See, God created us in the likeness of his own image. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. God created us in his likeness. So we have these animals, these dogs. Why? Why did we breed these dogs and domesticate them to the point that now they live in our homes with us? They, they would give anything to spend time with us. They love us unconditionally for the same reason that God created us. That's why. All right? We want companionship. We want unconditional companionship. It feels good to have something, to have someone that loves you unconditionally, that would do anything to spend moments and time with you, that seeks you, that that wants your praise. All right? Likewise, why did God create us? Because he wanted companionship. God did not want slaves. He wanted companionship. And that's the purpose, one of the purposes that we serve as a created being. All right? If God would have wanted slaves, he would not have given us free will. He gave us free will, which is why and what leads me to the understanding of he wanted companionship. But there's more. If you look at the Word of God, the Bible, the document that he's preserved for us, if you can look here, we can find that. In Isaiah, God says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Right there we see God wants us to glorify him. That is one of our purposes in this life, is to glorify him. He says it right there. Another verse in Isaiah says, The people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. There's another one. God formed us, the people, humanity, so we can praise him, so we can love him, so we can seek him, so we can glorify him. You can find this throughout the Bible. It tells us our purpose in life. There's one other reason why God created us. God created us to fill the earth, to care for the earth, to care for the rest of his creation, right? That's what sets us apart from every other animal that he created. One of the things is that we have have been given dominion over the rest of creation to care for it. In Genesis, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth 
and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. And he blessed them and he said to them, multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's why we were created, to praise God, to glorify him, to, ha- to, to have, so he can have a companion and to care for the rest of his creation. The same reason that we enjoy having domesticated animals in our families. How freaking simple is this? We want inherently the same things that God wants because we were created in his likeness and image. That's where we get so much fulfillment from having another creature that loves us, that seeks us, that glorifies us, that praises us. All right? It can't get any easier than that. So if you're asking what you're doing in life, what is your purpose in life, if you've come to the conclusion that you've been created by a loving, righteous God, and you're still, and, and then you want to know what is your purpose, right here it is. He made you to praise Him, to glorify Him, to seek Him, to care for the rest of His created things. That's pretty easy. It's the same thing we see. This is why this I can grasp this. This is common sense. It's why I have dogs, all right? All right, I won't keep beating that dead horse. Just want you to know your purpose in life is extremely easily identifiable and right in front of your face. The next question. Oh, digging even deeper here. So now we've talked about Creation equals common sense. We've talked about why God created us. Now, the last question and the hardest question to answer is why Jesus? Jesus is the cornerstone of everything that we believe in. You can break the Bible down really into three segments. The The Old Testament is saying Jesus is coming. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus was on the earth, that is Jesus is here. And then everything after that, from Acts to Revelation, is Jesus is coming back. The whole Bible points to him. He he is the cornerstone. He's he's the rock of offense. He's He's the one thing that makes the Bible offensive is Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, that, that it's no big deal, right? He is the thing that makes this belief, this faith in the God that we worship exclusive. So we need to understand why. Why would you put this offensive thing here called Jesus. 
Well, you know, it's uh, again, it's pretty. I I, I think that I have a, a, a understanding that you know satisfies me. First of all, to understand why Jesus needed to come, let's took a, let's take a quick look at one of the most powerful angels in heaven before the earth was ever created before humanity was ever created. Let's take a look at an angel called Lucifer. Oh man, we're getting deep now. Let's take a look at an angel called Lucifer in in Ezekiel. Let's talk let, who who was Lucifer? It says uh, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire and turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed angel who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Look, there was an angel in heaven called Lucifer. He was the anointed angel that covered the throne of God and was in charge of the the praise and worship in heaven. The workmanship of his timbrels and pipes were prepared for him on the day he was created. He was created. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven that was lucifer he was he had a he had an important position a very important position this is all out of the bible guys now again how are we going to tie all this back into why jesus so we've got this archangel in heaven named lucifer and what happens what happens to him Let's look in Isaiah. We're going to see what happens to Lucifer real quick. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the far reaches of the pit. So we see here in Isaiah what happened to this angel in heaven named Lucifer Essentially, he was so beautiful and powerful. What happened? Pride happened. The first sin that we can read about, that we know of, it was pride. So Lucifer says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ascend above the stars of God and set my throne up above God. I'm going to make myself just like the Most High. I'm going to make myself equal with my Creator, maybe even a little above, right? 
Now, what happened then? Jesus says in Luke, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So we see that Jesus was present before the foundations of the earth were ever lain. All right? So because of pride, because of the the first sin that we can read about here, because Satan decides that he wants to be like God and not just serve his purpose in which he was created for, but he wants to be more than God, he was cast out of heaven because of pride. So he fell under judgment, judgment of a completely righteous God that cannot tolerate sin and iniquity. The God that we serve is 100% pure and righteous. You can also find descriptions of that throughout the Bible. And he's got his most prized creation in heaven, Lucifer, and now he has to cast him out of heaven because of what? Because of sin, because of pride. How are we going to tie this back into Jesus? Well, no telling how many thousands or millions of billions of years later, God lays the foundations of the earth and he creates these things called humans. He gives them free will. He's created these humans. He's breathed the breath of life into them, created them in his likeness and image, and he's given them free will, but he's created them perfectly. Now, what happens? What did us humans decide to do? We also decided to make ourselves like God. And we were tempted, right? And so here, now we have humanity, and we've basically committed the same sin that Satan was cast out of heaven for. Now, how does this play in? Well, at this point, Satan has a pretty good argument against humanity, right? He has a pretty good argument. And I could see Satan right now coming to the throne of God and saying, God, you judged me and cast me out of heaven because of this sin. Now, what are you going to do with these humans? They have no right. They have no right to spend eternity with you. They have no right to have a relationship with you. They have no right to your love, to your grace. You didn't forgive me. How can you forgive them for their iniquity? Satan's got a pretty dang good argument against us, right? The Bible talks about Satan as being an accuser of us. If you look in Revelation, it says, Now have come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren has been cast down, who accused them, who accused us, humanity, before our God day and night. See, Satan was accusing us, rightfully so. But guess what? God so loved us. God so loved his creation, humanity, that he provided atonement. 
He paid the penance. He paid the price for us. That is why Jesus is essential because without him, we had no right to a relationship with our creator because that would make him an unrighteous judge for him to judge one being in a way and cast him out of heaven and judge us differently. That would make him unrighteous. So he had to pay the price so that he could still have companionship with us as humans. And that's exactly what he did. He came down onto this earth. He lived a perfect life. Why? Because he defeated sin. He showed defeated sin through living a perfect life, completely free of sin. All right? He lived that perfect life, and then he went willingly to the cross and was beaten and then nailed to a wooden cross, nailed to a wooden cross to provide atonement for the human race, to provide forgiveness. There is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. That's the way this works. That blood of God, Jesus Christ, that was shed on the cross covers all of humanity if you choose to accept that free gift. Roger that. All right. So now he's provided this atonement through Jesus. Now he goes and gets laid in the tomb. But death can't keep his keep its grip on him because he now defeats death by rising again on the third day. Why does he have to defeat death through his resurrection? Because we were doomed. Because he's a totally righteous judge. He paid the price and then defeated death so that we now could have access to eternal life and companionship with him. I hope you guys understand what I'm talking about here. To have a totally righteous God, a totally righteous judge that shows no favoritism to sin, He cannot judge Satan one way and judge us another. He had to provide atonement. So now the accuser has no accusation. Now, if Satan approaches the throne of God and says, what about these humans that you created? God says, I've covered them. I loved them so much that I went to the cross and died. And then I rose up again and defeated death. 
So where are you going? Where are you going? If you can comprehend this, if you can if you can accept that free gift, I know where you're going and you can know where you're going. If you can accept that free gift that God gave you because he loved you more than any other thing he's ever created. If you can accept that and repent, repent means turn away and follow him. If you can do that, you are going to a place that is better than this place could ever be for eternity. You are going to spend an eternity praising and glorifying and being in companionship with your creator. All right? This place can only be so good. I don't care what you have. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how good your family is. I don't care how good your job is, what your situation is. There is still three things in this life that we can never get rid of. One is sin. We see it all around us. One is sin. The other is sickness. We see that. The other is death. Death is an ugly thing and it's coming. All right? So however good you think this place is, just remember, you're going to a place with no sin, with no sickness, with no death, where you get to glorify, praise, honor, and have companionship with the Creator that loved you so much that He died to cover your sin and to crush the accuser on your behalf. On your behalf. He didn't know us that. Whew. Talk about deep, guys. That's the whole reason that Jesus had to come down and die on the cross is to provide that atonement for our sins so that we can no longer be accused. All right. That's the basis of what I wanted to cover today. Um, you know, this is very clear to me. The Bible is very clear to me. It's actually pretty dang easy. Uh, this, this Bible is written at about a fifth grade level, so everyone can understand it. That's for a reason. Now, again, guys, this is just my understanding of where we came from, why God created us, and why Jesus all right. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It was brought to you by Salty Britches, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's a hard transition, isn't it? That's a <laughs> that's a hard transition. This episode was brought to you by Salty Britches, the number one anti-chafing cream on the market, owned by owned and created by my good friend Amy. Um, Salty Britches is what I use on all my ultra marathons. It makes me, gives me the ability to go faster, further, and stay longer because I don't have to worry about chafing. 
and chafing is something I don't like. I got my feel of chafing in SEAL training. That was enough for me. Um, so go check out get salt. Go check out Salty Britches on Instagram at Get Salty Britches. Check them out on their website at GetSaltyBritches.com. I will attach a pro code in the show notes of this episode. Uh, get some salty britches. Throw a throw a tube in your running box. Throw a tube in your go bag. You know your everyday bag, um, and and maybe a small little pack in your running vest, and you're gonna be good to go. Yeah, nip that chafing in the butt. Because it sucks. Man, I think that's enough for y'all today. Let me know what you think about this episode when I post about it on Instagram. Or just go comment on the post I made earlier today. Hope you enjoyed it. Enough said.